Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Hello and welcome into the podcast exclusive version of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Chad Ellis. Bo Matthews is joining us from the Matthews Compound in southern Missouri. And on the phone at the Lake of the Ozarks is our buddy Mike Marfell, the professional fisherman. And uh, Mike, it's uh, great to talk with you. Thanks for sticking around and uh, and doing a little extra bonus content with us. I want to remind folks that this week's show, Mike was on with us along with Jesse from Razorback Armory and of course Aaron Tarlow from Southern Armory got great information from Jesse and Aaron about the state of the gun industry and everything that you know surrounding the coronavirus situation. Also some great information from Mike on the show about how the coronavirus has affected fishing, but we didn't get to talk too much just actual fishing. So that's what we're going to do right now. We're coronavirus. We're going to put a little line with that corona. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> coronavirus is being set aside for the rest of this podcast and we're just going to talk about fishing. We mentioned on the show that this is a great time to get out on the water. The weather has finally started to cooperate a little bit. We've seen some really nice days and Mike you said that it's a great time to be on the water. So tell us about what is happening out there. Well, like I said, the fish are moving up the spawn. There, there, there's still some fish hanging out on the main lake points and secondary points, but the biggest percentage of the fish, I would say, are mid cove and further back. Uh, they're moving in there to spawn. Water's 55 degrees. It's the bait is just all over the place in the back of these coves. So. Gulls diving everywhere, birds chirping, trees are budding, squirrels are running, all crazy. So fish are ready to do their thing. I mean, the, the bite's going to really turn on here in the next, you know, it, it's, it's, the bite's decent right now, but with by the weekend, if this sun stays on here, it's, it's going to be game on. Yeah, everything's uh, coming alive. It's springtime. This is the yeah. best time of the year, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you don't have to be hardcore to be out here. It's 74 degrees out here right now. Right. <laughs> Tony, yeah, you got a place down there. Weather. Tony, you got a place down at the uh, lake. Did, yeah. Are you going down there this weekend? Yeah, or, we have a family or? condo down there. Uh, I don't think we're going down this weekend, but we will be down there very soon, and I can't wait to get back out on the water because, as you mentioned, Bo, you know, springtime, 
the days are, are a little bit longer. It's finally starting to warm up a little bit. I feel like this is the best time of year to fish, like, you know, March or, or the end of March, early April into May. Um, but I'm, I'm not Absolutely. sure that that is it. I was just going to ask that. Is this really I the mean, best it, time it, of the year? It's just, it is a great time to catch fish mm, okay. because they're up where you can, where, where you can catch them. Uh, and numbers just because they're, you know, they're going to feed up heavy before they spawn. So up until the point they're actually on their beds. Yeah. And, and, you know, Tony at Lake of the Ozarks, these fish don't all spawn at the same time. There'll be several waves uh, of them. Uh, The first one, I wouldn't say there's any, I haven't seen it. Well, the water's muddy. You couldn't see a bed now anyway, but I don't think there's any beds made or on beds, but uh, they're getting real close real close that's fantastic so, yeah it's 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 the time of year to come down here and 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 catch you can you can catch fish shallow yeah i'm talking you know most of the fish that have been catching i'm talking two or three real turns off the bank i'm landing that jerk bait with the tail hook on the bank and i'll just slowly reel it down two or three times and twitch it once and let it sit there and that's usually where you're getting your bites uh is it I know still some other a guys slow? Been catching spinner bait. Are they still kind of slow because they haven't oh, really yeah, warmed yeah, up yeah. yet? So you don't want to you don't want to fish anything that's too that that it has a, a rapid retrieve or anything right now. You want to make no, sure that they no. get a good look at it, right? Yeah, right. But in the dirty water, like up in the glaze and in the backs of some of these coves, it's a little dirty. Uh, you can still get in there and throw a spinner bait or a crankbait. You just you just got to retrieve it slow. You just can't be burning it. Yeah. You, you let that spinnerbait go to the bottom and then just slow roll it back to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, a wiggle wart rock crawler, that kind of crankbait, a flat sided crankbait. You, you can you just can't you just can't rip it back to you. You just got to reel it nice and slow. Bo, how's your wiggle uh, wart crawler? <laughs> how's your how's your wiggle wart, Bo? Is it? Uh, 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 if you got uh, it cleared uh, up, <laughs> you get, you, they make an ointment for it. I've never been speechless until today. Tony, you did it. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Hey, uh, yeah. I'm a live bait guy. I'm a live bait guy. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm just, you know, catfish. We gotta get him. He's got to go out with us. We got, we, you know. Yeah, I, yeah I, we I, do got to take Bo out. I talked about this. for that dome of his, though. <laughs> Put a hat on it. Yeah, Put I got it. I, it. I, I got a, uh, I, I mean, that really... I, this this moment, there was a moment that I, I've talked about this on the radio multiple times, but it really is a moment that I will never forget. Um, about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit more than that, I was over at a buddy's farm at his house. He lives on a farm, and there was a pond there. And I hadn't really fished much since I was a kid or younger with my dad, you know, through my 20s. Or, you know, I was I was a night DJ on the radio, and so I was working all night and sleeping all day, and I was not getting out. So, you know, the great outdoors was not really a part of my life. And uh, I, I, I picked up a fishing pole that he had at his house, and I had never really fished with lures before, with, with plastics. It's always been, you know, live bait, like Bo just said. And I caught this bass, probably a two-pound bass, on um, a, it was a hula popper, I remember clearly, and it was like something like snapped in me, and I thought, yeah, it was like, I had never really had any success fishing with, you know, with anything but live bait, you know, worms in a bobber, or, you know, or letting a a worm or something sink to the bottom and try to catch catfish, Um, but it was like just this, this call from mom, answer it, call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. 
That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This light went off and I was like, wow, that that actually worked. Fishing with a lure. And I love the feeling that I just got from catching this fish and it was game on from there from there on now i have a bass boat and i fish every chance i get and i mean it's you know it just it really yeah. did just turn everything there's some about tricking them right there's some about tricking them with a, with an artificial lure yeah and then yeah. you know and my, like me I, I i love to i love to fish a jig and you can fish it so many different ways you can swim it you can crawl it you can hop it you know all that kind of stuff and now i've gotten into where I buy all my jigs heads naked, and then I tie my own skirts. Yeah. So it oh, kind of wow. adds one more level of, hey, that's something I put together. Yeah. You know? Now, uh, Tony, you'll remember that I, I went uh, to the Big River, and I fished with uh, Brian Wordle, the, uh, uh, the the Stream Adventures guy. Mm-hmm. And we had a great time. We caught a couple. Of, it wasn't a busy. It was in January, but it was a beautiful day. And and I did I was using a lure and he was kind of instructing me because again I've always done live bait catching since mm-hmm. a kid you know since I was a kid growing up in Minnesota sure but there is a skill set to it now I will tell you that that Brian as a pro fisherman was even impressed with my casting abilities hey all right uh, I know so I'm halfway there I just need to figure <laughs> out which lure to put on there you go I say that all the time when people ask me Tony what's the best way to become a better bass fisherman hands down. Being a really, really, really good caster. Yeah. Is the, best way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the more presentations you can make, the quieter you can get that bait in the water, all that type of stuff is really super important. So, Bo, you're on your way. It really is. It really is. I mean, you know, there's Isn't a it lot... a requirement in Minnesota that you fish too. If you live there, they run you out of the state. <laughs> no kidding. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but you're Either so playing hockey or fishing, right? Yeah. That's kind of. <laughs> you're so right about casting, though, Mike. It's it's it really is a completely a difference maker. If you know it, just just that basic knowledge of where they are, and you have the ability to. To to land where you where you think they are, it can change everything. I have been out fishing with with people before, where we are you know fishing out of the same boat using the exact same lure, you know at the exact same time, and one person is in you know almost doing the exact same things, and one person is catching fish and the other one's not, and that's because that person is able to cast you know maybe one foot more accurately than the other person sure. and they know exactly where to go and obviously there's lots of different levels there's a whole lot more knowledge to be gained but i i think that is the first basic step of just having that that rudimentary knowledge of kind of where they're at and that can change a day from being a no fish day to a dozen fish day absolutely and and, and same thing with if you're fishing a, a, a crankbait for example mm-hmm the farther you can cast it, the longer it dies down and stays down in that strike zone where you want it, yeah. you know, cause it's yeah. going to come down to yeah. a certain point and stay there. And then eventually it's going to start coming back up to your rod. So the longer you, you can make that cast, the more time it's going to spend down there in that strike zone. So Very every cast point. you're, you're mm-hmm. getting more of a percentage of that fish, it, it being presented in front of that fish. Uh, and people handicap themselves. My partner here, he's, 
he's just kind of getting into it when he bought my boat and uh listen he, he has some inferior equipment still he's a young guy and he's working on that <laughs> but you know it, it it you don't have to go out and spend a fortune but it sure helps yeah as yeah. far as a, a nice bait caster uh and a nice rod and then learning like you said learning how to throw on it you know it's uh uh Big, big part of it. Big so part of it. If somebody's going out this weekend or over the next couple of weeks and they're bass fishing, what are your most basic recommendations? What What is the right time of day uh, or multiple times of day to be out there? And what are the lures that you would recommend um, uh, people using right now? Right now, it's pretty easy and it's not much different than the last time we talked, other than. The, the jerk bait's still in play, uh, a spinner bait, a jig, uh, a flat-sided crankbait, or a wiggle wart, something to get down on the, uh, you know, on the, you know, a wiggle wart basically is imitating a crawfish banging around. Mm -hmm. And with this water warming up, them crawfish are starting to get active. Nobody wiggles a wart and, uh, like Bo Matthews, I'm telling you. No. What are you talking you about? Are you nuts? What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> and it, I think you're losing your it, mind. Those, those are the main, the probably the main things right now. You can catch them other ways, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But if I were to tell somebody to come down here, that's, I mean, right now down in my boat, I got on a crankbait, three jig rods, and three jerkbait rods. Mm -hmm. uh, and I got that Alabama rig firmly placed in the rod locker. Uh, not that you couldn't go out and catch on them, but it, 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 it it's kind of, you know, as this water warms up, and these fish move shallow, that's going to kind of die off right? Uh, until I, they go back out. I always think that it's that it's first light and then maybe that last 45 minutes before sunset are the two best times of the day to fish. But I don't know. Is that is that is that true or is that just kind of an old wives' yeah, tale? Yeah, in, gen in general that's true. Uh, but this time of year, through the middle of the afternoon can be great too because you got that yeah. sun's been up. The wind's got a chance to blow and you know stir up the banks a little bit, so yeah, I I, I think this time I was just telling Ethan here that uh, I wish tournaments this time of year if, if we had any we won't get into that but mm -hmm. the would be if they started at nine a.m. and went till five o'clock instead of starting at you know the butt crack of dawn because uh, it's not necessarily with the water temperatures being cooler the mornings not like it is once we get to the summertime. You know, where that might be your only opportunity in the summertime to get a bite right. uh, is that first first hour, hour and a half of the day, and then again in, in the evening yeah. uh, right before sundown. But right now, no, it's, you know, let's just say it this way. We we wanted a late boat drawing when we did have a tournament two weeks ago because we knew that afternoon bite was going to be going to be better because yeah. the sun had been, you know, they'd been out all day and, had a chance for those fish to move shallow. When I told you I found them but couldn't get them to bite, I was seeing them on my electronics hanging out over brush piles that were in 20 foot of water, and they were kind of suspended over the top of them. And you couldn't get I couldn't get them to bite, but I did catch that five-pounder when it was up shallow. I happened to see some gulls diving, and I went over there and threw in there and first cast I caught that five-pounder mm. because the gulls were diving on the bait, and that bass had moved from those brush piles into feed. And I'm sure once he ate, he probably went right back to those brush piles and suspended over the top of them. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. And it was funny because when I got bit, I was like, mm, I think I got bit. And I just didn't feel anything. And then I set, reeled up on it and just swung on it. And sure enough, it was a five-pounder. And my partner said, he goes, exactly what you were just telling me. He grabbed it and he was swimming back towards those brush piles. I said, there's a good chance. 
you know, that, and I said the other chance is when a fish grabs a bait like that and moves with it, real good chance there's other fish there because they're getting it and they're running away from the other fish. That's fantastic. You know what I'm saying? They're going to eat and then get yeah. away. So, so is there a is there a magic number as far as the water temperature is concerned that once it gets above a a, a certain number that they start to become more aggressive and and you see you know the numbers go up as far as how many fish you're catching and then. Also, is there a magic number? Yeah, 55. And then what about like a day of the year? Is there kind of a line that, you know, once it gets to April 1st or, you know, whatever, is there or or is it or is it more based on the weather than it is kind of the time of year? It's it's no, I think it's the length of days. So it's totally has to do with how long the daylight, you know, and with these longer days coming. And like I said, when the trees start to bud and start the buds start to turn the leaves that first full moon that happens after that's usually going to be your first wave of spawners yeah well this is the year this is the year that we're all going out together Bo, myself chad mike we're all getting together we're all going fishing. Can we bring it's, Perry for musical accompaniment? Oh, you know what? If I go fishing without Perry, <laughs> he he won't speak to me for a week. So he can definitely join us as well. Yeah. Oh, you know yeah, what? Hey, let me awesome. let me serious question. Okay, yeah. uh, two schools of thought. When you're in a boat, if you have music playing, does it uh, does it drive the fish away or does it draw them to you? It does not drive them away. Uh, really? No, you don't want to play Romstein at full volume. Although <laughs> I, don't, I never want to do that. <laughs> I fished an Dude, Elite host. Series with uh, a, a Elite Series Pro in a small backwater where he already caught a limit. He sat down, put on sunscreen, talked to me for 25 minutes, tied on a crankbait, and blared Romstein as loud as that boat would blare it, and he proceeded to cull every fish in his live well. Wow. So I'm a firm believer that it does not matter. It does not matter. He claimed matter. it because he thought those bass were Nazis, and that's why they were Listen were, they to were the, the Romstein. <laughs> Buddy, I can't tell you how many times my grandfather would scream at me, or my uncles would be screaming at me. Turn that radio down! It's like, I don't talk. What? I think I think that was a way. I I firmly believe that yeah, the whole to shut up. Don't yeah to get, get don't talk. You'll scare the fish <laughs> because I mean that's for me that's part of fishing is getting is getting the time to hang out and talk to your buddies yep. while you're out on the water. Like it's when we're out fishing, it's not like we're. St- standing there silent we're constantly talking and there's usually right. is a little bit of music uh playing in the yeah. background not not too loud but um well tony you've spent enough time down here these fish have heard it all yeah no kidding <laughs> there's people on docks there's you got music that right going, you got that boats right. running around jet skis yeah i've caught fish i've i had a guy one time in a tournament i was fishing brush piles in about 20 foot of water in, a, in this back middle of this cove and I had drifted away from him to let him rest and was fishing a different brush pile. And he came in and pulled and anchored one of those big, like, 45, 50-foot yachts on it. Mm. And my partner was like, man, I can't believe he just did that. I was like, it'll be fine. I said, just we'll wait our half hour or whatever. And I cruised over there on the trolling motor and I said, hey, I'm not asking you to move, but you don't mind if I fish right here, do you? Because you're kind of setting on a spot. Mm-hmm. that I was fishing. There's some brush. He was like, no, we'll move. I said, no, 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 don't fire up your motor. Don't go anywhere. Stay right there. And we proceeded to catch three keepers basically <laughs> off the shadow of his boat. Wow. Uh, and they, awesome. there was people in the water swimming. I mean, they're so used to that stuff down here. Yep. Yeah. Uh, now, when you initially drop that anchor and the boat pulled in there, they might have scattered off those brush. But and if you had the right guy, out. and most of the people out on the lakes are like this, a lot of times the people that are, that are swimming or, you know, are anchored like that. If you go up next to them and you know you fish and you know you you make you know you you make it clear that you're not being weird or whatever. 
you know right um and and you and you do that and you catch a fish they'll usually give you a standing ovation people usually love oh, that heck yeah. stuff you know <laughs> yeah. they they like yeah. to see that stuff and they'll they'll clap and cheer and i mean I, i've done that yeah. a, a many times where i've been within you know, shouting distance of a group of people either coved out or swimming off a dock and um, I'll catch a fish. And then all of a sudden I'll hear like a round of applause and people are, you know, you didn't even know that they're watching you and, and they see the fish. Right, and they, right. And, they, and then they're like, oh, hold it up. I want to, you know, want to see it. Like usually people are, are very friendly uh, about that type of stuff. Nine so do you show them your wiggle worm bait or make... whatever? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the heck were you talking you about? Wart. Is yeah, that what, oh, wiggle wart? Oh, that sounds, yeah, that sounds delicious. Yeah, <laughs> Tony, I had experience down here one time. There's a a mom and her son fishing on a. She wasn't fishing. The boy was kind of just drowning a crappie jig in the dock stall, and she had her feet dangling off the edge in the water. And I said, "You don't mind if I catch that fish that lives underneath your feet, do you?" And she kind of looked at me funny, and I skipped that jig underneath her swim platform, and caught about a four pounder out of there. And she was like, "Oh my god, I didn't!" And that boy was like. I've been fishing all day, haven't caught one. So I took that fish and let it go back in their dock, and then I went over and cut yeah. that jig off and handed it to that kid. People love that. They really do. I mean, oh, yeah. that's part of kind of like the the lake lifestyle. I, I One morning I got up at first light. It was probably 5.45 in the morning, and I was fishing just off the dock and off the bank, and I – I caught a probably, I think I ended up weighing him. I think he was just about six pounds. So this is a big fish. And sure. um, and and where I was, I was on a sidewalk. And so I was about three feet above water level and couldn't, there was a, there was like a, a, a rope fence there. And it, so there was no way for me to get down. So I knew I was going to have to lift this fish out of the water two or three feet and get him to me. And I didn't have a net. I didn't have anything. And I get hooked up, and I'm fighting this fish, and there's a dad and a son. And the kid was, couldn't have been more than five or six years old. And they see that I've, they, they see that I've, I've, I've hooked up and, and that I'm in this fight, and they're watching. And I looked up at him, and I said, I think I, could, I, think I need a net. And the dad looks at the kid, and he goes, bring him the net. And the kid, the kid sprints out of his out of his boat slip, runs down the dock, runs down the sidewalk at full speed, and hands me their their net. And I was able to reach down and use it to get it. And and the kid was so like he he wanted pictures of the fish. He was like, can I can I touch it? Can I you know like and like they and the and the dad was like, yeah, great job. And I was like, oh, thank you, buddy. Thank you. So and if I I still regret that I didn't let him do the net. I I just wasn't thinking. I should have let him. Like I should have said, "Hey, okay, put the net on." Hey, when you got a six pounder on the line, a lot of thinking goes out the window. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I was certain. I was certain I was going to lose this fish as soon as I lifted him out of the water. Like I was just certain that he was going to that he was either going to snap off or whatever. Uh, because yeah, I had you, you I had to lift him six so pounders three feet. No, no I had to lift him so much out of the water. I was so I was like, I'm going to lose this freaking fish. So you're right. Uh, there was a lot of thinking that went out the window. But that's just it. That's the, you know that's that's the the majority of people down at the lake and and on the water everywhere that you go. Um, most of know, the time, if you act friendly. like a human, most people will treat you like yeah, one. Absolutely. So. That is Mike Marfell. Make sure you check out all of his fishing on the website Ten Horse Monty on YouTube. Ten Horse Monty, uh, ten like the metal, not the number T I N. Ten Horse Monty on YouTube. Mike and his partner. Uh, every time they go fishing, they film their on the way to the lake, talking about their their game plan and how they're going to go about whatever tournament. 
tournament they're fishing in. Then they film while they're fishing, so you get to see them actually in action, hopefully catching fish. And then after uh, the fishing trip, they always talk about what they did right and what they did wrong and pretty much document all that right there on the 10 Horse Monty YouTube channel. The first one, uh, we were fortunate at at, uh, Table Rock. Uh, I was too stubborn to pick up that dang Alabama rig, and my (laughs) partner, Austin Ware, the guy I drew. So, you know, that's a pro-am format, uh, boater, non-boater. And he had three nice keepers on an Alabama rig before I got smart enough to pick one up. <laughs> and at that point it was late in the day and I knew I wasn't going to do, even if I caught a fish or two, I wanted to catch a fish for points, but I put him in the position. I totally let him say, Hey, go here, go there, take me here, take me there. Try to get him a win. Yeah. He ended up getting a check and getting, I think, like fifth place or something like that. I forget what place he got, but he finished fairly high, got a check. Uh, and then me and Gabe went out the next day, and I took nothing but an Alabama rig, and we both went out and caught some really nice smallmouth. So, nice. Uh, you know, that's I like to do that a lot after tournaments, especially if it's far away like Bull Shoals, Table Rock. Uh, if it's a Saturday tournament especially, I'll stick around and go fishing on Sunday just to try to see what I did wrong when I zigged when I should have zagged kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. people are a lot looser-lipped after the tournament, too, to be honest about how they <laughs> caught them. Sure, and sure. I'll usually go back to my area that I was fishing and maybe try the same area but with a different technique and see why I missed, you know, the deal. And in that case, I just missed it because I was too stubborn to throw an Alabama rig. And that right. tournament was strictly Alabama rig. The guy that won it hmm. – uh, you know, he was my my partner, uh, Gabe, Ten Horse. He uh, he drew Pete Winters, a local guide down there, and Pete's fishing with the new technology, the Garmin Live Scope, and he is literally watching his Alabama rig fall to the right depth that he wants, and watching it come back, and watching the fish follow it, and watching the fish bite it on that Live Scope. Wow! And he was able to go pick out individual trees that and 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 cast to the tops of these. You know, he might have been in fifty foot of water. The trees come up top out at fifteen. And that's how he's able to get that Alabama rig to the right depth and not get it hung up, bring it up and over those trees. And, and actually, Gabe said it was amazing to watch those fish follow that thing, how many times they follow it and don't eat it. Uh, wow, that's incredible. So, Yeah, and that technology, trust me, that's going to be all over the place mm-hmm. in the next few years. That's the next big thing. Side imaging and down imaging was big when that popped. But this live scope... Uh, where you're actually projecting out and seeing what's out in front of you, not what's under you. Uh, that's, it's going to be a big, big game changer, especially for that type of fishing, uh, deep water stuff like that right. at Table Rock, where you're going to count that down to the treetops. That is Mike so, yeah, Marfell. Uh, Make sure you check him out. on the. Yeah, you bet, Mike. Thank you so much for your time. If you missed the show this week, make sure you download the podcast of the Second Amendment Radio and Great Outdoors show. And uh, thank you for downloading this week's podcast exclusive. That's Mike Marfell. Make sure you Hey, Tony, one more thing. Can I talk one more thing real quick? Please do, yes. I just want to thank uh, my boss. (laughs) <laughs> our company, <laughs> our company. You, you call me a professional fisherman, which I always give you trouble for because right. I have a real job, and <laughs> they've kept us working at, from home. So oh, that's great. It's been nice. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Me and the wife are good working six feet apart. We both work at the same engineering firm, uh-huh. and it's like uh, 
we already we've already invented imaginary coworker. Her name's Karen that we can blame things on. So, you know, <laughs> we we, so we still blame we've been Chad able to stay for home and, and keep working. So if I was a true professional fisherman, I'd be struggling to make a living right now. So uh, by the way, Chad this Ellis is not I'm imaginary. glad I got a real job. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, Mike, thank you. Put your dishes in the sink. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, Mike, thank you so much for Thanks, your time Tony. today and uh, dropping all the knowledge on us, and we'll we'll, we'll talk to you again real soon and keep an eye on the 10 horse monty youtube channel that is 10 t-i-n 10 horse monty on youtube to uh watch mike and gabe fish and uh, get a bunch of knowledge while you're there as well uh thank you mike and uh thank you thanks for tony i'll listening. send you some pictures from yes. later today we'll catch a few and send them please to you. please do that'd be awesome we'll post them uh, thank you for listening to the podcast exclusive of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Make sure you're checking out the show every week, Saturdays on 97.1 FM Talk at 3 p.m. and Sundays at 6 p.m. on KMOX. For my partner, I just figured. Go ahead. I, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I just figured out something. The reason we, this is the extended version of the exclusive podcast. Yeah. We ain't got nothing else to do. Right. I know. Yeah. Hey, you can tell you can tell Mike's tournament got canceled because he's like, Hey, I'll talk to you guys forever because I don't I don't have to be on the water right now. No, this is well this played. is great stuff. Um and it was not it's definitely nice to spend some time talking about something besides coronavirus for uh, for sure. So thank you guys so much. Uh Bo, thank you. Chad, yeah, thank buddy. you. I'm Tony Colombo. Thank you for listening to the podcast exclusive of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Out. Doors. We'll see you next week. Get more at 971talk.com. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.